Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Drinks with Allie podcast, where we're talking everything from red, red wine to pina coladas. My name is Allie, and this is episode number 52. Today is Monday, May 3rd, making this a mixed drink Monday show. And first of all, guys, let me apologize for our lack of episodes last week. Not only did the week just plain old get away from me, but boy, were we busy at work. Plus, for those of you who are listening outside of Nova Scotia, our little province went into a full two-week lockdown on Wednesday. Okay, I know. You're probably like, no big deal, right? Everybody's in lockdown. We've done this before. Well, here in Nova Nova Scotia, we've basically been living as if there were as few restrictions as possible. Um, you basically had to wear a mask when you went into a building, uh, like a store. But other than that, there really weren't many restrictions. So this has really thrown people for a bit of a loop. And we really had uh, some stuff to work through at work for it. So all that to say, it was a crazy and chaotic week for us. And Unfortunately, the podcast was the one ball that I had to drop. Alright, it was also a week that I definitely, definitely needed a drink from. Now, I hope everyone enjoyed a mint julep or two on Saturday for the Kentucky Derby. Um, More on how to make one of those later this week. This is a big week for events type days, guys. We had the Derby on Saturday. We have Cinco de Mayo coming up on Wednesday. We have World Sauvignon Blanc Day on Friday. And Sunday is World Muscato Day. So, big week. Lots of drinks going on. And you're probably wondering, what on earth today's show is going to be about? Well, since we need to prepare for Cinco de Mayo on Wednesday, and we won't be doing a mixed drink show prior to that, other than today, let's take a little look at tequila. And we'll do the recipe for a ever-so-classic margarita at the end. So let's jump on in. To start, tequila is part of a larger family of spirits that are agave-based. This family also includes mezcal, bacanora, vesula, and paluca. My Spanish is really bad. I'm really not the greatest at pronouncing these. Um, so all of these spirits are made from, or in the case of Pluk, uh, just a, basically like an alcoholic drink, are made from the agave plant. Okay, full disclosure here, guys. I can't stand agave-based things. I've had the full gamut from low-end to super, super expensive high-end spirits, and they all make my nose curl and my stomach turn. I also can't stand agave syrup as a sweetener. And you know what? That's just fine. We don't all have to like all of the spirit categories. And that's fine. If you like tequila or mezcal, that's great. Enjoy them and really, really get into it. If you don't, it's no big deal. No one's going to think any less of you for it. And if they do... Probably not the people you want to be hanging out with anyways. So, historically, tequila was first produced in the 16th century near the city of Tequila. 
Um, this is a lot closer to um, Fleck than modern tequila. After the conquistadors ran out of brandy, though, they introduced the Mexicans to this still, and voila, tequila is born. And around the 1600s, the first mass production facility of tequila pops up near what is modern-day Jalisco. Um, and from there, it just kind of takes off. They do a lot of different things. Uh, it does have to come from within the district of tequila. Uh, and in 1974, the Mexican government declared tequila as intellectual property, meaning that if it says tequila on the bottle, it has to come from Mexico. You can't have American-made tequila. You can't have Australian-made tequila. And it was a bit of a thing that they were having issues with prior to that point. Much like every other alcohol category we've talked about, tequila did go through its own set of scams. So um, everywhere that tequila is from, if you look at a map of Mexico, kind of cuts across the very center of um, the country. And... There are very specific regions that grow and make specifically tequila and others that just make agave. Um, but basically the area around Jalisco makes tequila. So how is tequila made? It starts first in the fields, much like everything else. Um, it is a plant-based product. And the himidors, who are basically these really cool farmer guys... Um, they tend to the agave plants using centuries-old methods and no farm machinery. So it's all done by hand. Their knowledge of how to tend the plants and when to harvest them and how to care for them and create more fields is passed on generation to generation. So it's very much a hand-grown product. Um, they use little to no farm machinery in the fields and when they are trimming or harvesting, it's all done by hand. So they regularly trim the quiotes, or stalks, from the center of the agave plant to prevent it from flowering and thus allowing it to fully ripen. Um, so it can take several years for these plants to ripen. And if you've ever seen pictures of a tequila of an agave field, the plants can be quite tall. They can be like six feet tall. Once ripened, the himidors very carefully cut the leaves away from the pina, or the core. Um, and that's the part where we get the agave from. After harvesting the pin after harvesting, the pinas are transported to the ovens where they are baked. Um, and they can be done in either like a clay pit or an autoclave. And there are differences in uh, the taste between those two. And I believe, I could be wrong, I believe that tequila is done in autoclave and mezcal is done in pit. I could be wrong, that could be the opposite way, but I think that's how it goes. So the baked pinas are then mashed or shredded, um, kind of like a similar looking product, I guess, under a large stone called a tahona, and this extracts the agave juice. 
The pulp is then used for building supplies, making paper. Um, they recycle everything from this process. So don't worry that they're just throwing out these giant piles of agave um, fiber afterwards. They do actually use it, which is really cool too. The juice is then poured into wooden or stainless steel vats to ferment. Um, so just like everything else. The low alcohol wort is then distilled twice by law. So um, you distill it once, you get a slightly higher ABV, and then you distill it a second time, getting a quite high ABV. Um, there are a couple of producers that have experimented with triple distillation, but many of them found that the cost versus reward wasn't there, and also that you lost too much of the agave flavor. Essentially, at that point, you were just creating an agave-based vodka. Um, the process of distilling it twice creates what's known as a silver tequila, or blanco. The tequila at this point can also be pumped into barrels to age, um, and allowed to sit. And we'll talk about those in just a sec. Um, so there is also a large difference between highland-grown agaves and valley-grown agaves. So like most great growing regions in the world, there are hills, there are slopes, there's a valley floor. The higher highland plants, so the hilly plants, yield a sweeter and fruitier tequila, while the valley floor agaves are known for having an earthier flavor. Sorry guys, if you can hear someone snoring, that's my dog snoring in the background. She's apparently very tired today. So, there are two categories of tequilas. Mixtos which are no less than 51% agave, plus other sugars, can be added. And there is 100% agaves. Um, the second type is slightly more common, and they would definitely be what we would consider higher end. They also generally say 100% blue Weber agave on the bottle. And if they don't say that, they are a mixed dose. So if they say 100%, they're 100%. If they don't, assume it's a mix. Um, and that's just so that they can get a higher amount out of each batch, right? You're getting away from like that really small craft artisan style into the really big ones because tequila is definitely exploding as a spirits category. And unfortunately, they are limited by the size of the agave fields and by how long it takes for an agave plant to grow. So it's not like they're really fast and something like corn which can be planted and grown and distilled and you can just add another field of it and you're good to go for the next year agave plants take years to grow so when the spirit category kind of took off and skyrocketed they've been left with this kind of lag and that's where mixed dose came in so within these categories there are four types of tequilas that can be made there's blanco or silver, which is that first one that we talked about. Um, blanco meaning white. Silver means um, plata is the word for silver. Um, these tequilas are bottled right after distillation, or they can spend up to two months in stainless steel or neutral oak barrels. So they don't really have a lot of taste, and they are the clear ones we see a lot. Next up is reposado, which literally means rusted. Um, 
So they spend at least two months and no more than 12 months in a barrel, an oak barrel, of any size. So they're the ones that are usually a little bit light yellow. Um, Reposado is probably, after silver I would say is definitely like the most common that we see. Um, And something like Jose Cuervo I believe is a Reposado. I could be wrong. Like I said, I don't take, I don't hang out a lot in the tequila section or the agave section. All right. Then we have Anejo, which is spelled A-N with a little squiggly guy on top, E-J-O, which means aged or vintage um, tequila. These tequilas have aged for at least one year, but no more than three years in barrels, again, of any size. They're not really specific on that. And finally, there's extra anejo, or extra aged, sometimes it's called ultra aged, which age for at least three years in barrels of any kind. This is the newest type of tequila, having only been established in 2006. And these would definitely be like your ultra premiums for sure. All right, now for a cocktail. So the margarita has to be one of the most classic cocktails of all times. And for this recipe, as with many that we talk about, we're going to talk about the classic shaken version of the cocktail. Obviously, you make a frozen one. We all know that from sunny vacations down south. But the shaken version is definitely the most classic and the easiest one to make. This is, this is a super easy cocktail to make, guys. So first, we are going to need a rocks glass, a lime wedge, and a plate with some rock salt, or um, sea salt, or really any salt. The coarser the salt, the better, though. So you're going to take your lime and run along the outside of half of the glass. We don't want salt in our drink, so only do the outside. So don't squish the lime on the rim and rub it around the whole rim and then dunk your glass in the salt. You want to rub the outside of your glass with the lime. Um, Then we roll said glass in the salt and set it aside. Um, We can also add a lime wheel to the side of the glass where the rim stops. Oh, and of course, you can always do the whole rim. That's totally personal and up to you. It just has become more standard practice with bartenders to do half in case you don't like salt that much. So you can get a little bit of salt in your drink, but you don't have to drink the whole thing with salt. You'll also, if you look up margarita recipes on Instagram, for example, you'll see beautiful ones where they've got it coming down the side of the glass. You can do all sorts of very pretty things with your salt additions. Now in our shaker, we're going to add half an ounce of agave syrup. Um, You can usually find it at the grocery store in the kind of health food organic section. Simple syrup would work if you don't have access to agave syrup or you just don't want to go try and find it and you have all the other ingredients. Totally works for me. Then we add one ounce of lime juice. Fresh is always best. And half an ounce of triple sec or Cointreau. Um, so orange liqueur, and two ounces of tequila. 
this is where you can make or break your margarita. Always use a Blanco tequila and use the best quality tequila that you can find. Don't scrimp on this one. This is not the place to cut corners. Next, add ice to your shaker and give it a good shake for about 20 to 30 seconds. Then you're going to strain your margarita into your glass and add a couple of cubes of ice. And then all that's left is to enjoy. It's easy peasy as that. So margarita is um, also the Spanish word for daisy. And they believe that this drink has its origins in a Spanish cocktail by the name of daisy. But that drink has a different base spirit and uses orange soda. So I don't quite think that's right. But there's a little bit of lore there for you. So with that, we'll wrap up another episode. I hope you hold off your typical Taco Tuesday celebrations to enjoy them and a margarita or two on Wednesday uh, for Cinco de Mayo. Don't forget, when you're doing your margaritas, use the best possible tequila that you can. If you're into the spirit category, check out some different bottle. See what you can find. There's lots of great small producers. Um, your ever so famous wine shop employee or liquor store employee should be able to help point you in the right direction of one. And if not, read the bottle. 100% Blue Weber Agave. Uh, Weber is spelled W-E-B-E-R. One B. If you would like to get a hold of me for any reason, whether you have a question, comment, or a show topic idea, I'd love to hear from you. You can do that in a couple of ways. You can head on over to the website, drinkswithally.com. Click on either podcast episode 52, leave me a comment there, or you can click on the contact me form. It will come directly to me. If And fill it out. Don't just click on it. Fill it out. If you would like to send me an email directly, it is drinkswithally at gmail.com. And if you'd like to chat on social media or follow along with all of the crazy drinks that I drink, it is at Drinks with Allie. We are on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, MeWe, Pinterest, and Spotify. So, fill your glass with something tasty, guys. Cheers, everyone.